Full Harvest, a collection of audio stories and poems inspired by the landscape of the South Downs National Park. Episode 5, Meanderings by Rosanna Lowe. I used to be a brisk walker. Never been the ambling, rambling type. I always liked rectitude, the precision of a direct path. Maybe that's why I chose law. I like to straighten things out. But the Cookmere River changes you. The wandering Cookmere with its marvellous meanders. It slows you down. They've straightened it in places, but it still winds and wends, bends and breaks into beautiful fragments. Oxbow lakes and stranded meanders, the snakiest of rivers. It was the river that drew me. I'd always been enraptured by the Revillius paintings. The curves of the Cookmere cutting through the glorious green all seemed so quintessentially English. And Alfriston, such a charming place. Timbers, thatches, Tudor treasures. The village green they call the Tye. It feels like a place that no longer exists. And yet it does. Morning has broken like the first morning. Eleanor Farjohn wrote that here. On my first morning, I strolled to the river at dawn and minus the sunlight sang through my mind. When I first retired here from London, this landscape almost scared me. Those great green sweeps of open land where sheep dappled the hills like stones. The bright whiteness rising up suddenly, shocking and skeletal, something that shouldn't be exposed. The bones of the place, like tripping over a sudden skull in the middle of a fertile field. But I came to know it. Fell in love with the names. Rushlake Green, Warbleton, the Cuckoo Trail, the Flitterbrook. I walked myself into love with the place traced its contours, trod every trail. You can feel yourself treading across deep time, walking on the bodies of beasts, the skeletons of tiny creatures that sank to be ooze at the bottom of seas and rose back as this chalky whiteness. It's funny, really. So much of my life has been broken bones, personal injury cases and then disaster management. Never thought I'd be the one to break or bend. But apparently I'm crumbling. Osteoporosis. Osteoarthritis, osteo God knows what. And the burden of these brittle bones means with one swift turn and something snaps. It's in my hips. It's in my wrists and my spine. I can feel it curving. How long till I'm bent in two? I've never been a complainer, but the pain of walking takes my breath away now. Lockdown knocked me in ways that I'd not expected. I've always loved my solitude, but not like that. Lockdown shone a light on loneliness and all our little lives. And we're all wearing masks in so many ways, pretending we're okay. But everything is crumbling. All the structures seem less solid now. I can't straighten this out. I can't stop the collapse. 
I can't manage these coming disasters. I can't even manage my own. So this will be my last walk. My last long walk across these chalky hills. My last walk along the river to the sea. I set out from Alfriston and closed the cottage door. I crossed the tie, a perfect picnic spot, with the church at its edge and the river running by. It really is preposterously perfect. It's a dapple day, sun darting in and out of the clouds, and the wind is up, and the long grass is rippling, and the wall of tall reeds is rustling, as if signalling my way. I see a family. Mum, Dad, two kids in kayaks, soaring downstream, smooth as swans, not a care in the world, and I don't know why, I felt oddly angry. At the ease, the togetherness, the ignorance is bliss. I wanted to shout, can't you see, the world is crumbling. We're doing a whole cook me a week, camping and kayaking. Cradle Valley's brilliant for butterflies. The painted ladies have flown all the way from Africa and they navigate by beachy head. Yesterday, we saw one hatch. What a great life lesson, that tiny transformation tale. We've kayaked the whole length of the river, pretending we were smugglers. But our booty was bounty bars and packets of crisps. And I feel I'm smuggling something. A secret. Because it's, it's not a secret, really, but the thing is, when I'm in the kayak, no one knows. I'm everybody's equal. When I'm, you know, speeding along on the water, no one knows I use a wheelchair. It's funny I ended up in the army, but I was 17 and my dad had just died and all I wanted to do was be outside. When I tell people I was in Afghanistan and Iraq, they think that's how it happened, but it wasn't that. No, I was, uh, I was near Llangollen, training troops on the River Dee. They call her Urfan in Wales. She's the goddess of fate and war. She's a powerful river. We should have known. There'd been heavy rains and, and the rapids had swelled. But, you know, we, we all loved a challenge. We were in the white waters when I hit a rock. They shouldn't have moved me, but they couldn't leave me three weeks in ICU. But I was really, really lucky, really blessed. For me, being in the wheelchair was the very best outcome. After that, I, I didn't kayak for 17 years, but when I saw my kids in kayaks as cubs and beavers, something suddenly shifted. I went onto eBay and I bought a little yellow banana boat and I've not looked back. On the cubby, you feel safe. The water's so shallow. You feel so held. You know, you've got those big built-up banks and those great big tall reed beds. And the spring tides, the spring tides are amazing. The river just carries you. The cookbeer in the valley, they hold you. They give me that wide horizon I crave. Thing is, with a wheelchair, you're always on the tarmac, you're always on the well-trodden paths. I still want wildness. Out on the river, the paddle cuts through, ripples towards the bank and gives breath to my thought. There really is no holding me back. 
I see the family later, on the path beneath the white horse carved into the hill. The wheelchair is a surprise. So is the shower of tiny white hailstones that make me curse the weather. But the family are holding their hands to the heavens, catching the hailstones and laughing. <laughs> it's still in my mind their surprising joy as I walk up past the rookery with its symphony of squawks. I climb into the sky at high and over. Up here, you see the great sweep of the river and how in the distance it snakes to the sea. High up on the downs, it's hard to feel down, but I do right now. I do. Oh, what a year it's been. A year of fear. There are red roses tied here for a loved one lost, and I wonder... Who would tie roses for me? I walk back down to the riverbank. Underneath the twisted thorns, the ground ivy grows in a purple carpet. The river is parched, and I'm walking on cracks. Crocodile skin where the riverbed has dried. The sun comes out for a moment, and water winks from the sunken pond, Brockhole Bottom, by the river's edge. There is a special peace to the place today. I'm glad to be alone. Ah, then I see the body. A pair of legs in camouflage gear. I can't walk by. I climb down the ridge and I see a boy lying in the grasses. He's so still, you could have thought him a corpse. But he's staring at the sky and his face is pure peace. I like to come here in my camas. Sometimes I don't want people to see me. They stare. They're always staring. I just want to stare at the sky and the river and the swans and the ugly ducklings. Sometimes I draw. Sometimes I watch. I will listen to the river and the reeds and the wind. Lovely, lovely, jubbly. My mum don't want me to come at first, not on my own, but it's really easy. Number 12 bus from Eastbourne every 10 minutes. Easy peasy, wish my spirits. And I know when it's going to rain, because I always watch the clouds. But mostly, I like to watch the swan. I draw her doing swan things. I love the river. I love the hills. They are my hills. The downs. The lovely south downs. I can't get over how still he is. How happy he seems in his stillness. As if this moment is enough. I spent my whole life moving on, moving on. It's a short walk now to Exiat Bridge, where the road runs over the river. The first road in a couple of hours. The river's been the road till now. Exiat, a place of exits, where King Alfred's ship sailed out to battle the Vikings. There's a tombstone to the now dead village, Extra poignant in these plaguey times. The Black Death all but wiped it off the map, but it clung on a little, died out slowly. I 
don't want that. I don't want the slow exit. I have to have one last look. Tristan Forest to my left, the salt marshes to my right, and I climb the hill, struggling like the bus from Brighton. The pain in my bones takes my breath away. But the view does too. That famous view. The sensuous curves of the cookmere as she snakes out to the sea. Those sudden swerves. The sun is coming in and out of clouds. And the river glints and dulls. Glints and dulls. Flickering in and out of life. When I walk back down to Exiat Bridge, I have to choose my path. You can choose the straight and narrow, the artificial channel of the river to the sea, or you can walk the old meanders that now curve their way to nowhere. I unlock the little wooden gate and take the winding way. It pains me so much that all this might disappear. Cook me a haven in the valley. I walk past a patchwork of pools catching the clouds and an egret catching fish. I walk down to the tide line, the seven sisters soaring beside me, great white cliffs, a wartime image of resilience and strength. <laughs> Ironic when this coastline is crumbling, sudden cracks, sudden landslides. They built pillboxes here to fend off invasion, but the sea is the invader now. They say they'll take the defences down. They say they'll let the valley flood, but you can't keep the sea back forever. I feel the helplessness again, the desperation. It's not a feeling I used to know. This is the future for so many places. Flooding fields, a drowned world. The fish might flourish, but we will flounder. I don't want to be here. I don't want to see it. I'm drowning already. I'm lost. I am lost. I don't know where to go from here. To the east are the Seven Sisters. Each cliff like the great white swell of a wave and then the steep sweep beyond. But to the west, when the tide is low, you can make it to Hope Gap. I see a man crouched on the beach, making spirals in the stones, holding them up to see which let in light, chalking symbols on the rocks. And he's found the skeleton of a fish curved like a flying fish caught mid-leap, or a creature evolving from water to land. The cookmere reminds me of the Niger. The river in miniature. The Niger has many tributaries, many mouths, and the Cookmere has many creeks. My people are children of the rivers. When I was a baby, they found me asleep with a python coiled under my head. The python is the Niger, the healer, the mother. Like the water always transforming, the snake is deep in me. The Kukme is a gentle snake river. She breathes life softly into the ocean. Here, the sea and the river dance together, held in the beauty of the chalk. When the river recedes, all the best come to feed. Kukme Haven is a haven 
it's heaven. In World War I, there were black soldiers here, the British West Indian Regiment. The first thing they saw was these white, white cliffs. They camped in the cold under these cliff tops, and the British wouldn't let them fight. Made them dig trenches and clean latrines. They got pneumonia and influenza. Here, I can feel them. They are alive. They are not dead. We are divine incarnate. We live in an infinite continuum. They are angry that they are not remembered. We have to bring this to light. It's beautiful walking here. When you climb these cliffs, you uplift yourself. The pain recedes like the river. All these layers of time in stone, and I have eyes to see them all at once. When I see these great white cliffs, I think of the coast of West Africa. Those white, white forts where they held all the slaves. And this red and white lighthouse, there is one the same in Accra. People are very fragile now. We all will go back to the source in the end. But we are pushing ourselves to extinction. Sometimes I see people and I feel what they are carrying. I have machete scars here near my heart or some hurt cannot be seen. People hurt when their stories are not heard, but nature is always the healer. Can you feel held by this great green blanket? Can you feel healed by the wild of the world? North is beautiful. South is beautiful. East and West is beautiful. Can the fossils below show you time is endless? Can the lighthouse call to your lostness? Can the vastness speak to your smallness and give you strength? Water is turbulent. Water is mystery. Water has no enemy. Water is life. Can you let the water and the wonder of life Come take your breath away. And this man, this stranger, looks at me and I feel he sees into me, through my mask, to my feelings, sees me right through to my bones. He is still and moving all at once, like a river. I can't explain it. And he only says a few words. He says, is it not beautiful? And everything is suddenly vivid. The white cliffs brighter, the shadows darker, the stranger and his shadows suddenly stark. Yes, I say, it is beautiful, yes. He reaches into his pocket and gives me a sea stone as oval as an egg and it cracks in two halves in my hands. Broken and beautiful. And suddenly, 
Strangely, something makes sense. I remember again the tide is low. When the tide is low, hope gap appears. At the lowest ebb, hope gap appears. And so I go west. Up the path to the Coast Guard cottages, those crumbling beauties tumbling one by one to the sea. Oh, what a way to live. So close to the edge. Seeing the end creeping closer and closer and yet sitting with that fragility. The inevitability of your world crashing down. I walk past the gorse and the windswept trees. I walk through a corridor of blackthorn in bloom. I can feel the world quivering with possibility, uncurling, unfurling. I look back down on the river in fragments, pieces of a broken mirror. And I find the rusty staircase that leads down to the beach at Hope Gap. The stones on the beach there are seabed stones, great hold boulders like brutalist sculptures, pebbles in shade from rust red to bone white, kelp-covered rocks like shaggy mermaid sculpt, but you walk on the seabed on borrowed time. The sea swallows the beach at high tide. I sit on the stones and sob and sob. I never cry. Something damned suddenly freed. Because suddenly I want to say, or to sing, look at it now. Look around you now. Look at the world. Drink it in. Every drop. Listen. Listen. It's talking to you. The hills want to hold you. The river runs through you. The sea wants to salt your skin. If I can't hike, I'll do short walks. If I can't walk, I'll sit and watch. If I'm housebound, I'll watch through the window. If I'm bedbound, I'll turn this stone in my hand and smell the sea salt in my palm. I'll take it. All of it. Straight and meandering. Sunshine and hail, hardship and hope, and bleakness and beauty. Everything, however cracked. Every glimmer on the water. Every fragment of broken mirror river. Every glimpse of every bird. Every tiny tenderness. I'll take what I can, while I still can. In this crumbling tumbling, beautiful, broken world. Meanderings was written by Rosanna Lowe and read by Jean Trend, Grant Brooks, Odi Okorsa and Rosanna Lowe. It was commissioned and produced by Applause in partnership with the South Downs National Park Authority. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. There are nine more podcasts for you to enjoy, so please subscribe to this series.